I'm Stephen. He's Chris, and this is the Mobile Arcade Club, a show about mobile games, especially those featured on Apple Arcade. On this week's show, Skate City and Towers of Everland. Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the Mobile Arcade Club. Today we are covering games such as Skate City and Towers of Everland. But before we jump into the games, we thought we'd change things up a little bit and go over some of the latest news, including uh, some games, Apple Arcade games that have received updates and some of the most recent uh, releases as well. So to start things off, uh, there's a new game from Sumo Digital called Little Orpheus, which is uh, a new game, a new side-scrolling adventure that follows Soviet uh, cosmonaut Ivan Ivanovich uh, and their journey to the centre of the Earth and the three years he spent below the planet's crust. In making the game, the team was inspired by classic Hollywood films like The Land That Time Forgot, mid-century sci-fi writers, as well as historic Soviet themes from the Cold War itself. Sounds intriguing. It really and, does. I, I yeah. that um I don't know that idea of you know the Russian Soviet Russia in Soviet Russia Apple Arcade subscribes to you etc cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> it's a very it's a very interesting time of our history. The whole Cold War and I know a story inspired by that time sounds very interesting. And given who's created this game. That's really piqued my interest. Um, it's the Chinese Room, who you may know from Everybody's Gone to the Rapture or Amnesia, Machine for Pigs. They're both, uh, oh, and Dear Esther as well, which were all fairly, fairly big and well-regarded games. And I've haven't played all of them, but they all were quite thoughtful. The sort of the kind of game that when you, as you're playing it, and when you finish, it, you think, or oh, you just sort of left, sort of considering and pondering the meaning of life and everything in it. It's it's yeah, it's a very a very good pedigree this uh, studio has. So I'm very interested in this, and I didn't really know about it until today. Yeah, indeed. And Sumo Studio, there's they've got so many branches and sub studios because they were even featured in the latest PlayStation Five reveal uh, that they're working on the latest Little Big Planet spinoff, Sackboy, uh, oh, that's and that right. sort of thing. So they're uh, a busy bunch over there. Um, but there's also been some updates to existing Apple Arcade games. And Stephen, I'll let you take the reins on this one. Yeah, indeed. The first one is uh, a game that we've covered in a previous episode, Over the Alps from Stave Studios. Uh, that was the Hitchcockian spy thriller that we did yeah, a few episodes ago. Um, a good one. So that one's supposedly introducing a female protagonist in an entirely new story with this update. So gosh, if you've you know, played through that, it might be worth re-downloading or updating because there's a, a whole new story to play through apparently. Yeah, it sounds like there's a, a fair bit of content in that. So it sounds mm-hmm. like you know, playing through the original story and with this new story with the, the female protagonist that it's essentially doubled its length now. So there's plenty of game there to sink your teeth into. Definitely. And another game that's received an update is Pac-Man Party Royale from Bandai Namco. That's one we haven't got around to just yet. But this update welcomes a new ghost to the party named Itchy. And I can only imagine the next one will be called Scratchy if they're going for the Simpsons theme. <laughs> Done. Easy. <laughs> Easy. Players will face even more danger if Itchy catches them as it'll invert their gameplay controls for a short duration. Now, that sounds oh. like uh, sounds like a good time. <laughs> oh, there, there's like an, an attack or a move, something in Smash Bros that does that, and it's the most infuriating thing. So, uh, yeah, 
it will be interesting if we ever do cover Pac-Man Party Royale. I get the impression that it's, you know, competitive multiplayer. So if you ever use that, uh, or sorry, if you if I'm ever hit by that uh, itchy ghost, I'll be very unhappy. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, that'll, uh, that'll certainly add a decent challenge. And there's also been another update to a game that we've played, Stephen. Yeah, so the Pinball Wizard. I seem to have grabbed all the games that we've covered already, but that one was, uh, gosh, there was a... Uh, a pinball game where you played as a wizard and can do cool magical stuff. It was, yeah, we both really liked that one. Um, and yeah, it's got a new update with a new endless dungeon to the overall arcade adventure that was already there. So once again, a whole lot more to play. If you've already got as much as you thought you could out of the pinball wizard, here it is. Yeah. Here's some more. That'll definitely be one for the high score fiends uh, among us, which I know there are plenty of those. And the last game that we've got here that's received a recent update is Agent Intercept from Prodigy Design. And I, th- I think they're a Kiwi studio. I think they're New Zealand-based, uh, if I recall correctly. But that's one that we haven't got around to yet, but we have we have sort of been tempted by the idea of playing it. It's a cool little spy sort of car chase uh, action game, which I have actually played personally uh, close to its launch or close to Apple Arcade's launch because I believe it was original Apple Arcade title. It was, uh, yeah, this, launch one. Yeah. So this update introduces, introduces an all-new downhill crisis mission loaded with wild jumps and new enemy types as players race against a shadowy mastermind to stop their operation before it's too late. So I, I get the feeling we'll probably be diving into this one sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think it's been on our shortlist for a good while, and maybe this update will be an excuse to jump into it in a, in a future episode. Indeed. Well, that pretty well wraps up the news section of new releases and new updates. So let's dive into the first game that we've, well, the first game that we've covered for this episode, Skate City. Stephen, I'll let you kick uh, kick this one off or kick flip this one up. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, I'm, that, I'm that with took, the lingo. took me a minute to, to work out what in the Lord's name you were doing just there, but thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Skate City from the studio. I feel like we'd looked this up last time, but I've forgotten. I'm going to say Arkens of Oslo in Norway. Uh, and it's a side-scrolling, I've called it a careful skating game, sort of to differentiate it from when I think a skating game, I think Tony Hawk where you're just doing all this ridiculous chain of tricks. You're jumping 50 feet in the air and doing, you know, combo of 17 tricks while you're up there. This is not that. This is much more, I guess, realistic in tone and what you're able to do. Uh, So you're pretty well scrolling from left to right. You sort of accelerate by tapping an area on the screen. Uh, And you can do various tricks by tapping and uh, swiping elsewhere on the screen as you go around. So in the, I think, bottom left quadrant is where most of your tricks are mapped to. And you've got manuals you can do by mastering the different quadrants of the game um and yeah you go through play through various challenges you've got all these objectives in the different uh, areas that you can skate through skate through them you'll unlock more areas more gear more gear for your skater like clothes and gear like you know skateboards and stuff like that it's uh yeah it was a fairly interesting structure i think it was it was uh yeah there seemed to be a lot to play but myself personally i found my, myself being a bit uh finding it a little bit dull i'm not sure if you agree that's exactly the word that i first thought of when it come to describing skate city and i as as we've discussed before i i do not like you know, sort of, it's much easier to criticise than it is to create. I'm, I'm actively aware of that point, so I don't like 
um, you know, being disappointed playing a game because I think, mm. well, people have worked hard on this. But unfortunately, I, I, I totally agree. I, I did find Skate City to be a little dull. And perhaps that is coming from a place of uh, playing and growing up on skate, skating games like Tony Hawk and the, the Skate series, especially, uh, what was it, Skate Three or is that the most recent one that I think I, so? I can't remember. I never played those. They they actually this game sort of reminded me of what I what I perceive those skate games to be in that they're a bit more grounded in what you can do and the tricks are a little bit more technical to pull off but feel a little bit more satisfying in in doing so. Uh, I yeah don't know if that's an apt comparison, but it definitely felt more skate than Tony Hawk. Yeah, yeah. I I yeah, to be to be perfectly honest, I, I found Skate City to be quite quite slow and it, it does have this real chill vibe. It's got a real yes. sort of, you know, lo fi, you know, chill hip hop beats sort of sound to it and uh, it sort of carries that sort of ethos into its gameplay and presentation, which um, you know, I, I can appreciate that. It's it's you know quite a chill experience. Mm. But when when I think of of skating and also my my limited uh, prowess in real life skating as well, <laughs> you know, I like to try and you know build up a, a little bit of speed. And I just found that even when you were tapping on the screen to 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 kick off and try and build up speed, that you wouldn't sustain the speed for very long and that you have to had to keep tapping in between tricks and coming off of grinds and that sort of stuff so it it just didn't feel super super satisfying to play and when i think of uh, skating games with rather uh, simplistic controls i think of the um the highly regarded indie skating games the ollie ollie games uh, ollie ollie one and two uh, games that really focused on building up speed, building up tricks and combos and grinds and, you know, achieving a real sense of flow. And I think that's what's really satisfying about a good skate uh, skating game is that those games really do allow you to get into that sort of flow and time just goes out the window because you're so engrossed in this game. But unfortunately, I didn't get any of that from Skate City. Yeah, I think on top of the, I guess, the slow pace of it generally, the thing that most got me uh, or that stopped me enjoying it as much as I would have liked to was that I found myself fumbling with the controls quite a lot because they are, on the face of it, they're quite simple as, you know, tapping in different quadrants of the screen and swiping to do different things. But I found if I tried to do anything more complicated than just, you know, walk, run up to a ramp, do a trick and land it and then just wait until the next ramp. If I wanted to incorporate, mm. say, a grind or a manual between the between the Twix, for example, it was. I just found myself my, tripping over my own fingers. Really, <laughs> I. It's maybe it could be something that would be um, alleviated either by playing with a controller, maybe which I didn't try, uh, or possibly just through you know playing more and getting better at the game better at you know interfacing with it but i just found that with the the lack of speed the i guess the difficulty i was having getting into it to begin with i just didn't have that uh desire to get better at the game like mm. i'm i'm not a you know no stranger to failing at games immediately and you know having to get good for want of a better word but like this game didn't really inspire me to do so it just felt yeah slow and 
clumsy, possibly because of my clumsy fingers, but clumsy nonetheless. Yeah, well, I I found the controls to be quite reasonable. I, I thought they were they were quite clever and how they used the the touch screen uh, to be able to do. Uh, do tricks and to, to kick off the, the skateboard and and all of the various you know maneuvers that you do with a skateboard as you can tell i'm very well versed in the the whole the whole skate culture so Chris, the skater um, boy over here yes uh but yeah i even with you know feeling like i had a decent grasp on the controls just that the way it was structured and the 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 real the real game feel aspect of skate city like yourself i didn't feel any great desire to to continue playing um and we've discussed games on apple arcade in the past which are, are quite good for short bursts of play and then you feel like okay i've had my fill but you feel like yeah i can keep coming back to this and keep getting my five to ten minutes of fun whereas with skate city even playing it in short little bursts it just I don't know, it didn't give me that dopamine hit. Yeah, I think I found, when I discovered the challenges section, I did find that they gave you that sense of satisfaction and progress that was missing in the the standard play mode. Like, uh, the standard play Mm. has some objectives in it, but they are fairly... I guess broad objectives, whereas the challenges will be, you know, do this trick three times or do a trick off off a grinding thing I, I don't know skating words um, but uh, a rail perhaps yeah let's let's go with that um but yeah i found that those short sweet like specific goals were a much more enjoyable way for me to actually feel like i'd done something and you actually earn a little bit of currency by doing so and that sort of feeds back into the the feedback loop of you know you can buy new gear for your skater or eventually save up for new areas to skate in but yeah, even with those challenges, it just didn't didn't endear itself to me. That that was the most enjoyable way to play mm. it. But still, yeah, much like you, I didn't find myself wanting to go back after I'd you know played it enough to feel like I knew what I was talking about and that I you know got the general vibe of the game. But I didn't really find myself going, oh, I can't wait to play Skate City when I get a spare five minutes. Yeah, yeah, and I think. You can have the the best reward system or dangle all of these incentives for people to keep playing, but ultimately if if the the core gameplay experience and the core gameplay loop doesn't provide satisfaction without those rewards, then I'm certainly not one to be gravitated towards playing over and over again to try and earn rewards when yeah i just I just don't find the core gameplay experience to be overly satisfying, which I think that's 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 really all I can say about Skate City, and perhaps uh, the the sort of chill vibe that it goes for is better suited to to other players looking for other sort of things, but not for me. Yeah, yeah, it's there. There is stuff to like here, but yeah, much like you, it just didn't. It wasn't for me. It could be for you, but I will say the next game that we're going to talk about absolutely was for me. Did you? Um, yeah, with Towers of Everland, how did you? How did you find this game? Yeah, so Towers of Everland uh, by Cobra Mobile, based in Dundee, Scotland. I believe they're a small team, and yeah, this really, this was a really cool experience, and it was a real throwback to the old first-person dungeon crawlers uh, back in the day, where you'd sort of move one tile at a time and have to try and deal with an enemy as it uh, as it sort of uh, presented itself and that sort of thing. So I think. 
yeah, there's there's a lot of old school sensibilities about it, sort of bringing you back to some of the old mud, uh, you know, dragon uh, or you know, Dungeons and Dragons uh, sort of inspired games, or perhaps even before then. I'm, I can't say I'm all that well versed in my Dungeons and Dragons history, to be honest. But uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of the the old school dungeon crawler uh, about Towers of Everland, and it was just yeah, a really sleek presentation, really really fun to play and a nice a nice short gameplay loop that sort of the the reverse of skate city uh, towers of everland that short gameplay loop i found really satisfying and kept me coming back for more yeah absolutely so i guess to to start when you start playing this game you first need to choose a character class uh, and that will determine the kinds of weapons or abilities that you will specialize in i guess and i don't think there's any limit to you know trying more than one character class you can start up a bunch of different characters but i didn't do that i just ended up going with the the basic basic white bread warrior man just the the most uninteresting one you could possibly choose just to make sure i could get my get a handle on the game um and yeah once you've chosen your person you go through these towers funnily enough uh, and each one will be a couple of floors they'll all be like you'll explore it it's all very grid based so you can sort of move forward back left right and you know turn around that sort of thing um Mm. and you'll uh, as you uncover the map you it will be saved to a map that you can refer to later so you've got that little bit of exploration going on as well it reminded me a little bit of etrian odyssey which i haven't played a huge amount of but you know i've played a couple of those games and it has a similar sort of exploration system um and yeah you go through these towers deal with different enemies depending on which kind of tower you go through uh you can explore it as thoroughly as you want because you might find some extra you know secret gear if you thoroughly explore every floor or you can just run to the end and at the end of the tower you'll find you get to the top you can escape on an airship and there'll be a big uh, massive gold chest there with a cool thing at the end of it and yeah you just sort of do that as many times as you like and as you go through you'll get these resources to allow you to expand sort of like a city or a home base that you get uh, in the in-between ray or runs on the tower uh, that lets you create or craft different weapons uh what else does it do? I think there were different quests that you could um, could unlock if you have like an adventurer's guild and things like that. So yeah, it's really got this fantastic a, a bunch of different loops that just kept me wanting to come back. There's the you know the fact that the gameplay itself is fun. I enjoyed walking around these places, attacking things. You've got these cool like time you can like hold down and do heavy attacks. You can do timed combos depending on, you know, how you prefer to play or how your character's built. Uh, and yeah, you'll have like daily, daily challenges, which give you lots of little, little mini goals to go for in your overall tower exploration. There's just so many, so many things all just making you feel like you're having a really great time in this game. I think it's, yeah, I really found it hard to put down. Yeah, and as we were saying just before recording, I, I found a lot of striking similarities between Towers of Everland and Elder Scrolls Blades, the, the mobile uh, Elder Scrolls game that came out a little while ago and has only recently come to Nintendo Switch as well. Um, but the main the main difference there is Elder Scrolls Blades is a lot of that is gated behind a lot of the, the free-to-play 
uh, monetization models that Apple Arcade exists to eradicate in terms of in Elder Scrolls Blades. You know, there are times where you'll have to, to wait for a chest or something else to open, but you can, of course, you know, use gems to make it <laughs> unlock faster or that sort of thing. Of course you whereas, can. Yeah, whereas everything in Towers of Everland... If you complete a a tower and you know you're getting all your loot and your gear and you know want to go back and you know straight back into the fray, you can do so you know straight away thanks to Apple Arcade's uh, model of you know no microtransactions. Everything is in the game and all updates are you know free as long as you're continuing to pay for the subscription. Mm. So Towers of Everland has a lot going on for it in terms of it's it's a really nice fully contained old school RPG and you know you, you get everything without having to worry about you know some of those freemium uh, models that you know even large companies like uh, you know Bethesda and Zenimax are you know implementing at the moment which you know some people get more mileage out of than others um, which you know all the power to them uh, full disclosure I have played a bit of Blades and I didn't mind it. Uh, it's it's quite sophisticated and looks quite good. Um, and both both games, Blades and Everland, handle quite similarly in terms of you use sort of you tap a, a section on the left hand side of the screen to put up a shield if you're a warrior or you know block or that sort of thing, and tap on the right hand side to unleash attacks. Um, but yeah, again, Towers of Everland, just having that you know, really. Uh, dare I say, you know, family-friendly approach in terms of you can happily, you know, leave the young ones playing this game and don't have to worry about them, you know, purchasing all the, you know, Stephen patented uh, Smurf berries. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, you know, that's that's a really nice thing. And on the uh, iPhone XR, I was able to uh, flick a setting on Towers of Everland to to bump it up to sixty frames, uh, sixty frames per second. And my goodness, it looks really smooth. It looks and plays really nice. But I did find that the phone got quite hot quite quickly. And uh, Stephen, you were saying earlier that you had some interesting little performance little uh, sort of uh, observations. Yeah, this one was super interesting because I find most mobile games don't like to burden people with the need to think about your graphics settings or if at most mm. you might have, you know, a low, medium, high setting sort of preset. But this one, it felt more like a PC game. You've got, you know, motion blur, you've got 3060 FPS options, you've got like, I think, anisotropic filtering and all of these words that unless you're a graphics nerd you probably won't know what they are and or probably more importantly won't know which ones have a big impact on your overall performance and i found i could put everything up to the highest settings on my uh, ipad air and it looked amazing the moment i found that 60 fps switch that was just a game changer it just looks so good when it's playing that smoothly but mm. when i played it on my iphone 10 i thought oh you know it's it's not the latest phone, but it's still, you know, pretty fast compared to a lot of phones today. I turned mm. everything up and oh boy, that was that was not a fun time not way sorry, not a fun way to play that game. It was definitely getting very framey and chuggy when I did that, so I had to ratchet a few settings back and then it was lovely. But yeah, I think making people choose individual options is good if they want to, but I would have liked a, you know, low, medium, high, ultra preset so I could just go Okay, I don't know which of these settings are most going to 
turn my phone into a you know a large uh, heat pack. Just let me mm. turn down you know to the high setting instead of ultra because the developers they know better what you know which settings will affect performance. I I don't know that stuff. I I went through my many years of being a PC gamer not really understanding what all these section. Uh, all these options were that I was turning on and off. And it was very strange to put it that way if, to, to go back to that sort of mindset for a mobile game. Yeah. But I think in the end, you know, offering, offering that choice to, to players and offering sort of that modular support in terms of, you know, for, for those who are more tech minded and do enjoy tinkering with settings to try and maximize performance of games or software and all that sort of thing, then, it's certainly nice to have, but mm. I think as as you said, for for those who may be daunted by some of the, um, you know, the the tech jargon and some of the uh, some of those settings that you know, having having sort of easily explained presets may be you know something that would would be helpful for a lot of people as well. And I do think um, that one particular yeah. uh, good thing about this array of options is that I don't have any devices older than an iPhone 10 that run iOS 13 so I couldn't really test this out but I would imagine given the breadth of options you could probably play this quite easily on you know the oldest supported devices it's very very flexible in that you could have it look super pretty if you've got something new and have it look less pretty but still playable if you're still running something that is not as graphically capable as modern machines I guess. Yeah, certainly. And before I forget, one of the interesting aspects of Towers of Everland that I found uh, intriguing at uh, the beginning was sort of the the little light uh, city building elements of of the game, where you know in between uh, visiting towers, you you know, have this uh, little city where you upgrade, you know, like a blacksmith and market and that sort of stuff, and that sort of thing. I think. I think perhaps I I imagined it to be a little bit more in depth and a bit bigger than what it actually was because I was sort of thinking oh it's something I can you know customize and you know have um, you know arrange my little little town my little village however I want and that sort of thing so perhaps my my wish list for for Tower of uh, Everland's future updates would be you know maybe a little bit more customization with the the town building element and some. You know, some light multiplayer interaction, uh, which I think I'm sort of putting my Elder Scrolls Blades hat on at the moment because I think you can visit other people's villages or that sort of stuff to, you know, see how they've set it up and that sort of thing. So, yeah, perhaps, you know, that's something I'd I'd like to see in the future is, Mm. uh, you know, being able to visit, you know... uh, Stephenville and uh, you know see see how he's uh, decked out his his little little town but other than that um yeah like many Apple Apple arcade games Towers of Everland it's yeah really well suited to those short pick up and play short bursts um it's really polished sharply presented uh with those light dungeon crawling elements and none of the the freemium nonsense as we've uh, discussed as well and you can play at at whatever dang place you want yeah that comparison to elder scrolls blades is really quite apt because they are similar at least on the surface kinds of games but yeah the fact Mm. that i can play this without you know Little, you know, not just, you know, you can leave it with your kids and they won't spend any money. I can play it and I won't feel like I'm getting a worse experience by not spending money on Smurf Berries. And like, mm. if I, I don't know, if my mobile signal is, you know, patchy, 
it won't kick me off because it can't connect to the server to verify my Smurf berries. Like just so many annoyances are just gone. It's really one of a very good example of why the rules around getting onto Apple Arcade are important. And I know they, they are, they make for very good and high quality and enjoyable games that, you know, can be uh, still ethically and well, well funded without resorting to things that, compromise the game experience absolutely so yeah that pretty well sums up towers of everland for the both of us which brings us to the end of this episode of the mobile arcade club which of course is the part of the show where we talk about what we're playing in the next episode starting off with speed demons a game by radian games based in illinois which i think is a one-person uh little development team um and speed demons is highway racing plus crazy crashes so you've got my attention yeah the gameplay videos look very interesting for this but uh the other game as well i was looking into is called painty mob by flea punk of out of seoul and korea and published by devolver digital um I was attracted to this one because it looks real pretty and they describe it as splash color on a grumpy world so I don't know, the world, for various reasons, is not particularly happy at the moment, so maybe some splashing colour will be a nice escape. Indeed, I couldn't agree more. I think that sounds as good a place uh, to finish as any. Thank you once again for joining us on this episode of the Mobile Arcade Club, and we hope to catch you next episode. See you around. Thanks for listening. If you like what we're doing, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps people find the show. You can follow the show on Twitter, at MArcadeClub. We're happy to get feedback or just chat cool mobile games. You can follow Chris and myself too if you'd like. Our handles are in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next episode.